Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Okay, it is Sunday, right? The Lord's Day, the day that He rose. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Welcome to worship today. It's good to be with you all here in the Lord's house to be together as a Christian family, to worship Him, to receive His gifts of word and sacrament that He has so graciously prepared for us. Let's stand together and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Members, if you see someone that you don't recognize, please go say hi and welcome them today. those of you who are guessing, you might be wondering why there's an awkward pause. We do our services on the radio, and so what that means is, is that i got to wait for the bell that's outside there to ring, and then the radio starts, and then we can start worship. So really, God is not in control. The radio wave brings our... Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater and it's my privilege to be your announcer on this, the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Courtney Sletton, and the acolytes are Drew Creed and Anna Krieger. This radio broadcast for today is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. These radio broadcasts are made possible by donations to the radio ministry. And just a couple of announcements before we begin with worship this morning. Contact the church First of all, office, Vacation Bible School help. begins on July the 15th. Be sure to get your kids registered. There is a sign-up sheet on the back table in the narthex. 
Also, you will find a sign-up sheet for which, there, for which you can donate snacks and food for the Vacation Bible School as well. There is a list of those in the back. And if you have any questions about any of that, please see Fawn Hansen. And then finally, an invitation for all, uh, our new adult summer Bible study, which has been going on the last couple of Thursdays, meets every Thursday evening in the summers in the sanctuary here from 7 to 8 p.m. The class is entitled Read the Readings, in which we take a look at the Sunday coming up, the readings for that particular Sunday. Every Sunday there are usually three readings that we read together as a, a congregation, and so this gives us an opportunity to look at those a little bit more in depth before the Sunday that comes. And that is all of the announcements that we have. Let's open our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, indeed it is better to spend one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Lord, we pray this morning that you would give us a zeal in heart, mind, and soul for your house of worship here. Thank you for Sunday. Thank you for the resurrection. And thank you for your Son. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Please stand. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise and receive, the, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. And so Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our opening hymn today is number 803 in the Lutheran service book, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee.
I lift up my eyes to the hills. My help comes from the Lord. The Lord is your keeper. The sun shall not strike you by day. The Lord will keep you from all evil. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I lift up my eyes to the hills. My help comes from the Lord. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, during his earthly ministry, your son Jesus healed the sick and raised the dead. By the healing medicine of the word and sacraments, pour into our hearts such love toward you that we may live eternally. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading is from Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 through 33. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him.
The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. Let him bury his face in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him offer his cheek to the one who would strike him, and let him be filled with disgrace. For men are not cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. This is the word of our Lord. Our special music today is a piano duet by Amanda Minning and Betty Sawyer.
we continue with the gradual. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. For from him and through him and to him are all things. It's that time for the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message given today by Miss Menning. Now is a good time to bring up your offering, your mighty mites as well. you guys good how many of you have ever had to do anything hard Cordell what was it okay done something hard any can anybody think of anything they've accomplished that was super hard and they had to keep persevering Keenan spelling okay learning how to spell some words anybody down there Makai have you ever had to do anything hard do you remember when you had to learn how to tie your shoes? Did that come pretty easy or was that hard? Cleaning up your room, that's something that's hard. Hmm. Well, I hope you persevere with that for your mom and dad's sake too. Uh, what about you, Maddie? What was something that was really hard that you had to do? Math. Okay. Well, I had to do something really hard once, and I was in college, and I don't know if many of you know this, but I was in college to be a music teacher. So I had to take all of these different classes to learn how to play different instruments. And when I got to the class on how to learn to play the guitar, it was a four-month class, and at the end of the class, I could not do anything any better than I could at the very beginning of the class, but the teacher took pity on me. Um, because I tried, I tried so hard, but I could not get this hand and this hand to work together on that guitar. But you know, the class was over, the teacher gave me an A, I kept going on, but I did not want to give up on the guitar, I still wanted to learn it. So the next semester, I went to do my student teaching, and guess what? The place where I went to do my student teaching, that teacher taught a guitar class, which meant I had to teach a guitar class. I still couldn't even play the guitar. So I kept working and I kept working and I kept working. It took me about a year, but one day it just clicked and I could play the guitar. And so I hope that when you come into something hard that you stick with it because it may take a while, but eventually you will get there. Today, we are going to hear a story about a time where Jesus kept persevering. First of all, we are going to hear about how a man comes to him and says, hey, please come help my daughter. 
And Jesus is surrounded by people. He can barely even move, but you know what? He keeps persevering because he knows that man needs his help. And on his way there, a woman interrupts and says, wait, well, she touches the back of his garment. She didn't say anything to him. She touches the back of his garment, and he knew immediately that she needed help. And so he turned around and asked the crowd, because he's surrounded by people, who was it that touched my garment? And, you know, the people that were with him kind of laughed because they were like, are you kidding me? There are hundreds of people around here. There's no way for us to know. But he kept asking, and he kept asking, and she finally said, Lord, it was me. And do you know what he said to her? He said that her faith had healed her and to go in peace. He persevered. He kept asking and asking until he knew who it was that had touched his garment because it was important for her to hear that her faith had healed her. So finally he gets word that this man who needed help, his, woman, his, his daughter had died. But did Jesus give up? What did he do, Cordell? Do you know this story? What did he do? That's right. He went to the man's house anyway, made it through the crowd, and he brought her back to life. So Jesus didn't listen to everyone around the him that kept saying, oh, give up. Oh, turn around. Oh, you need to stop. He continues, and because he continued, he was able to do Jesus's, he was able to do miracles for God. So, what I want you to remember today is that we live in a world where we need God's Spirit and His healing love, right? So, keep on persevering, and remember that Jesus teaches us to persevere through stories like what we are going to hear today. So, everybody, if you will, bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to say our prayer, and I want you to repeat after me, okay? Dear God, thank you for Jesus who never stopped paying attention to you, and he teaches us how to do the same. Thank you, and amen. All right. You guys can go back. Our second reading is Psalm 30. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of his. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoice but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. O Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm, but when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What gain is there in my destruction, in my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. 
that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Mark, the fifth chapter. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kom, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. And he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. 
Our hymn of the day is number 846 in the Lutheran service book, Your Hand, O Lord, in Days of Old, number 846. Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the gospel lesson that was just read. You'll definitely want to have that in front of you because we're going to be taking a very close look at that text because it is just full of lots and lots of wonderful bits of the gospel and about what Jesus does for us. I want you to take the hymnal or a hymnal that is in front of your pew there and open it up to number 657. My guess is is that 98% of you will recognize this hymn. Page 657. 
As I was reading our text for this morning, there, were, there are two verses from this hymn, A Mighty Fortress Is Our God, that came to mind, and I'm, I'm going to read those to you here today. They are verses 2 and 4. No strength of ours can match his might. We would be lost, rejected. But now a champion comes to fight, whom God himself elected. You ask who this may be. The Lord of hosts is he, Christ Jesus, mighty Lord, God's only Son, adored. He holds the field victorious. Verse 4. God's word forever shall abide. No thanks to foes who fear it. For God himself fights by our side with weapons of the Spirit. Were they to take our house, goods, honor, child, or spouse, will life be wrenched away? They cannot win the day. The kingdom's ours forever. In our text for this morning, we gain a really wonderful and amazing and awesome insight into this champion. The one who fights for us. His name, of course, is Jesus Christ. In our text for today, Jesus does two miraculous things. It is not correct to say that Jesus heals Jairus' daughter because Jairus' daughter died. And that's, that distinction is important, and we're going to get to that in, in just a minute. And then in the middle of this conversation that Jesus is having with a synagogue ruler, this woman comes up to him, needing to be healed. And Jesus, through his power, through his might, and through his grace and mercy, heals her. So let's take a look at the text. Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed. Jairus was not just some ordinary Joe. He was a synagogue ruler. He was the head elder. He was the president of the congregation. It was his job to make sure that everything for worship in the synagogue was ready to go, that it was prepared, and that everything would go off without a hitch. It was he that was probably used to people sort of fawning over him, looking to him for guidance and direction and help. And instead, what happens? Jairus sees Jesus, this man that he has never met before, and the text says that he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. Synagogue rulers don't do this. They don't fall at people's feet and plead with them. 
And yet something was going on in Jairus' heart and in Jairus' mind that he needed to come to Jesus because his little girl, 12 years old, was about to die. And so he comes and he prostrates himself before Jesus and he pleads with him. You can probably try to imagine what that pleading sounded like. If you have have ever prayed to God before that somebody would not die, imagine yourself in Jairus' shoes. Pleading with Jesus that his daughter would not die, that he would come and heal her. Interestingly, Jairus is wanting prevention. And instead he gets something else. So Jesus goes with him. Now, the text sort of takes a very interesting turn because it it kind of takes a break. Because what happens is, is that as Jesus is going along with Jairus, there's this large crowd that follows and is pressing around him. And a woman who is also in need of Jesus' healing touch says to herself, If I can just touch his cloak, I will be healed. Now there's some background on this woman that is really important for us to know. We know that she has been bleeding for 12 years. And if you are bleeding in that society, you are unclean. And if you are unclean, that means that everybody that you have ever known, your friends and your family, have deserted you. Because they can't be around you. They, according to Jewish law, they can't be around somebody who is unclean. Because if they are around somebody who is unclean, then they themselves become unclean. This woman has lost everything. She belongs to no one. No friends will claim her. None of her family members will claim her. And so she is in need of Jesus' healing touch as well. She had suffered, verse 26, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. You can almost sort of hear Mark sort of taking a little bit of a jab at the doctor's. They couldn't do anything for her. She had spent everything that she had. And some of these things that I read about, some of these things that the doctors would have her do were very, very strange. I mean, sometimes you would get ointments or astringents. And sometimes they would say, here, go hold the egg of an ostrich and see if that helps. But when she heard about Jesus, verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. On the outer garment of teachers during this time, there were little tassels. And those tassels, one of them, at least, is what the woman touched. If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She has nothing left to do. All of her options have been eliminated. 
And so, and so she thinks, if I can just touch his cloak, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Verse 29, Mark wastes no time. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Just by touching the tassels on his cloak, the woman is healed instantly. Verse 30, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? And the disciples are incredulous. In modern terms, they would probably say something like, really? Really, Jesus? This is what you're asking? There are so many people pressed up against you. There are so many people that are touching you. How in the world can you ask, well, who touched me? Verse 32, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then verses 33 and 34, when I, when I finally understood what Jesus was saying here, it gave me chills. Then the woman, knowing what had happened, came to her. I'm sorry. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. And she confesses everything to him. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Jesus chooses his words carefully. There is not a single thing that Jesus has ever said that he has ever said without thinking about it first, without it having a specific purpose and a specific agenda and a specific meaning. What does he call her? Daughter. Remember, because of her bleeding, she has no family. She has no friends. And the Lord of creation, the first thing that he says to her, the first word that he says to her is daughter. He's welcoming her and has welcomed her to his family. She belongs to him now. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Again, Jesus chooses his words carefully. He has a specific agenda. And so while all of this is happening, Jairus is still standing there. His daughter is still dying. You could almost sort of hear Jairus say something, or thinking at least, something to the effect of, um, I was first. I came to him first. Go get a number and wait in line, woman. But that's not what happens. The question can be, be asked, why is, why is Jesus sort of not as urgent as we think that he should be with this little girl that is dying. I guess if you were, I mean, if, for those of you who, uh, who work in the medical field, my guess is, is that if these two instances came into the emergency room, Margaret, okay, my guess is, is that you would go take care of the little girl that's dying first, right? Yeah. She would get taken care of first, and then this woman who has been subject to bleeding for 12 years. So why does he wait? Why is, why is he not showing some urgency? 
Because what happens? Well, verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead. She was alive. And through this waiting, she has died. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring verse 36, ignoring what they had said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. And so he only takes in the room, he sends everybody else out, and he only takes in the room with him, Peter, James, John, and Jairus, and his wife. Back up. When, they, when Jesus gets into the room, verse 38, there was a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. The reason why people were doing this is because when a little girl turned 12 years old, that was the most significant milestone in her life. And this was a very big deal. This was a very big thing that has happened that this little 12-year-old girl has died in this, in, at the point in her life that was the most significant. And the other reason why they are wailing and crying loudly is because in Jewish culture at this time, when somebody died, that's what you did. And the reason why you did that is to make a significant assertion that because this person has died, in this case, this little 12-year-old girl that that was final and that she has now been separated from everyone else. The finality of death and the separation of death. And so they are crying and wailing loudly. Jesus goes in, and I don't, I don't know exactly how Jesus walked in. I mean, I wasn't there. Sometimes I can sort of imagine him sort of walking in, sort of, Sauntering, maybe. What are you also worried about? Why all this commotion and wailing and crying? The child is not dead, but asleep. And so they, they laugh at him. And so he puts them all out. He took Jairus and his wife and Peter, James, and John and goes into where the child is. And he takes her by the hand. Little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately, the little girl stands up and walks around, because, and the, she stands up and she walks around, and at this they were completely astonished. And he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. There are many things in this world and in this life on this side of heaven that we are, that we are virtually powerless to overcome. Maybe it is somebody that you know. Perhaps it, it, it's even yourself that is very close to death. And there is seemingly nothing else that the doctors can do for you that there is nothing else that, that the doctors can do for, for your loved one. 
Maybe it is something else that you are struggling with, an addiction, job loss. Whatever the situation in your life that you find yourself in and you feel powerless against, know that there is one who fights for you. This is what we see in this text. Why does Jesus wait to heal the little girl? Why, does, why, does he, why is he not showing more urgency? For lack of a better way of saying it, to prove a point. Remember, Jairus, her father, is, expect, is expecting prevention to prevent his little girl from dying. And instead, Jesus lets her die only to do what? Only to prove to everybody who is there that he is Lord over death and life. And he gives this new, this little 12-year-old girl brand new life. She's only asleep. And so there are lots of things in this, in this world, on this side of heaven, that we are really powerless to overcome. Certainly by ourselves. But as the hymn says, we have one who fights for us. Uh, we have one who fights for us. A champion. His name is is Christ the Lord, and His words give life. John three sixteen. that I'm sure everybody in this room knows. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Elsewhere in John, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says, take and eat. This is my body for you. Take and drink. This is my blood which was shed for you. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. His words gave life then. His words give life now. Oftentimes, on this side of heaven, we won't be victorious over sin and death. But the promise of Jesus is that he has died on the cross for you, and he lives again for you, and he still lives, seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so, yes, when that day comes, when our time to, to leave this side of eternity comes, and we go to be with heaven, we go to heaven to be with him. He will have proven to us that he has conquered sin and death and the grave. But we don't have to wait words for his words of life to give us life on this side of eternity. Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Take and drink, this is my blood shed 
before you. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Words that give life, new life, every single day. I know that there are many of you here today that are struggling. With various things. The words of Jesus give you life. New life. Until that day, that final day, when he will come again, he will take us to be with him into everlasting life. Where there is no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things will have passed away. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now say together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Apostles' Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. Please be seated. At this time, we collect our tithes and offerings. Uh, now is a good time, whether you are a member or a guest with us, to fill out the red signing book found in the pews there. Those who receive it on the window, please send it back to the aisle uh, so, that the ushers can tear off the, so that the elders can tear off the top sheet uh, when service is over. We collect our tithes and offerings. mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. A men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding area. For more information, you may call the church office at 417-235-7300. Sunday school and Bible classes meet each Sunday morning at 845 in the Fellowship Hall of 
of the school, in the cafeteria of the school, rather. The women of Trinity Lutheran Church invite you to a meeting on July 5th in the Fellowship Hall. The program is about the new proposed Barry Lawrence County Development Center will be presented by Margaret Holly and Linda Painter. All are welcome. Pastor Jake has instituted a Thursday evening Bible study to look at the readings for the for the coming Sunday. Please join members of the congregation for that Bible study. join the congregation for the conclusion of the service it is let me say that it has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from trinity lutheran church in Frystamp, missouri we pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us Member. First, for those on our health list, for Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Ernest Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Bob Dodson, Elda Nelson, Bob Yelinek, Mark Fellwalk, Lorne Clybaker, Linda Wee, Gary Magruder, Billy Voskamp, Thelma Barnes, Doris Til Til Tilton, Emma Conklin, who is the granddaughter of Dale and Luana Chaplin, who had surgery, and also for Nick Prater, who is having surgery tomorrow, and also for the family of Lindsay Dikoff upon her passing. Also for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, for Pete Doss, who will celebrate 88 years of life on July the 6th, for Joe and Loretta Pennington, who will celebrate 58 years of marriage on July 1st, for Bruce and Lenora Sletton, who will celebrate 41 years of marriage on July 2nd, for Roger and Renee Menning, who will celebrate 38 years of marriage on July 5th, for Craig and Tammy Wallace, who will celebrate 28 years of marriage on July 7th. Please rise as we go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you that your words give life. We thank you that your words give us life, not only in the world to come, but also today. In your grace, you have given us words like, baptize in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And words like, take and eat and drink. This is my body and blood given for you. 
in words like, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Help us, Lord, to fix our eyes on Jesus who gives us life. Lord, in your mercy. We give you thanks for the love that made and still sustains us. We praise you for the gift of redemption through Jesus Christ, who, though he was rich for our sakes, became poor, that by his poverty we might become rich. Help us to treasure your grace and faithful hearts and guide us to love you and serve you all the days of our lives. Lord, in your mercy. Bless our nation as we celebrate our Independence Day this week. Remember in your kindness those who serve us in any public office, that all who hold positions of trust may serve your holy will for the protection of the weak and the establishment of peace and harmony here and throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy, take away from all of us preconception and hate. Help us to show your compassion and love to all in need. Sanctify our homes with your presence. Make them places of welcome and love in Christ. Bless husband and wife, parent and child, that we may live in Christ-like love toward one another. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you are good to those who wait for you and to the souls of those who seek you. In accordance with your will, heal the sick and relieve the suffering. Lord, especially for the family of Lindsay. Lord, for Nick as he has surgery tomorrow, for Emma as she recovers from surgery, and for all those, Lord, who are on our health list, and for those that we name before you in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, dear Lord, open the hearts of your people who commune today, that they may receive your gifts with faith and for the firming of their joy as they receive the very body and blood of Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week. We pray especially for Loretta and Joe, for Bruce and Lenora, for Roger and Renee, and for Craig and Tammy. And we ask that your love would increasingly shine in their lives together. In the days ahead, may they always grow in love and unity with one another. Lord, we pray also for Pete, who has his 88th birthday this week. Shower him with peace and happiness on this special day. And may that divine peace and happiness follow him the rest of his life. Lord, in your mercy. These and whatever else you would have us ask of you, grant us, O Lord, for the sake of your Son, Jesus, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit... We all praise and glory now and to the end of all ages. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places Give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, and Everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us in all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death. 
and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Holy, holy Lord. Hear us, Lord, as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Our next hymn will be 743 in the Lutheran Service book, Jesus Priceless Treasure.
Our next distribution hymn is Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord, number 637 in the Lutheran Service Book. Please stand. Now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen.
We give thanks to Almighty God that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Our closing hymn today is number 918 in the Lutheran service book, Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer. Once again, it has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Please be seated. Again, a very special word of welcome to all of our guests and visitors today. Thank you very much for joining us for worship, and we pray that your time here today was a blessed one. Again, just a reminder of the summer Bible study that is happening here in the sanctuary on Thursdays from 7 to 8 p.m. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week. <laughs>